0: Well, hello and welcome to the Word of Life Ministry podcast. Our church is located at 1600 Conley Road in Conley, Georgia. Today's message is from our Wednesday night Bible study. We hope that this message blesses you as much as it did our congregation. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God. Amen. To God be the glory. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Wednesday night Bible study. There is a word on tonight. Um, Tonight, my scriptures, um, I'm going to be reading scripture from two places, so I'm going to give you the first scripture, which is going to be Genesis 2 and Chapter 7. Um, And once you get that ready, I want you to turn over with me to the book of John and um, the gospel um yeah, the John chapter one and I'm gonna read verses one through five. And as always, I give honor to God for um definitely truly being the head of my life. I thank God for his grace and his mercy. I give honor to our pastors, Elder Doctor Shelley D. Boone the second and Elder Doctor Jackie. Um I just thank them for the opportunity to again come before the um, God's people and minister the word. And so I'm not going to delay the hour. I'm going to um, go ahead and get to my assignment. Ephesians 2 and 7. And the Bible reads, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. A man and man became a living being. I'm going to read that one more time. And the Bible reads, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. John 1, verses 1 through 5, and the Bible reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we begin tonight by giving you thanks. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you continue to be in our lives. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and the praise, Father, because surely alone you are worthy. Your love, Father, endures forever, and it has never failed us. And though, Lord God, there are many ways in which we have fallen short, there are many ways in which we have failed you, we have not exceeded the supply of your grace and mercy that you continue to show us each and every day. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word. And as we begin our study on tonight, we pray, Lord God, that your voice will be heard. We ask that your Holy Spirit will be at work within us from this day forward, turning our ears, Lord God, to hear and our hearts to receive your word. And as a willing vessel tonight, God, I surrender myself for your use, God. I ask that you would speak to me, God, that you would speak through me, God. And I ask, Lord God, that you would allow me to decrease, that your spirit may increase within me. May we all be transformed into your likeness, Lord God, and help us to trust your promises henceforth and forevermore. And it's in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I do pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So y'all know I always start off nervous, but when I find my groove, it is uh, my voices stop shivering. <laughs> okay. So, as Dr. Jackie mentioned with the introduction, she um, recapped that our study this month has been concentrated on Quicken. Um, and I want to use for a title tonight, the Ruha breath of God. Okay. Um, so, I have the privilege and the pleasure to bring you to conclusion on tonight, and I am telling you, I am so excited about the word. Um, I have been rejoicing all day about this word. We've heard several deposits over the past month that have touched our hearts and grown us spiritually, at least that's the goal And so it's my job tonight to try to continue in that effort and bring us an acceptable conclusion that will help us to take our understanding of quickening to a whole nother level. We learned from Dr. Jackie that quicken from a biblical perspective, it means to revive. Okay. The word revive means to restore to life or consciousness. So in other words, something is living, And it has died, or something has slipped into a coma or out of consciousness and has been restored to life, okay, or awakened once again. Now, the biblical definition of revival um, is an event which does not um, represent special, I'm sorry. The biblical definition of revival is an event which does not, so we, we learned the definition of revive, and so now revival is the process. And the biblical definition of revival is an event which does not represent spiritual revocation of believers only, but it's also the awakening and the granting of life to those who are not yet born again. So in other words, revival is defined as turning sinners to Christ for salvation, okay? All right. But Quicken, I discovered in my study time this week, has another biblical meaning that stood out to me and really challenged me to think. It really challenged me to go deeper, and it really pushed me to seek and sought out some insight from the Lord. So the second biblical definition of quickening was or is to make alive. Okay. So quicken, we discover has two meanings. The first is to revive, and the other is to make alive. And you're probably thinking, isn't that the same thing? Like if you revive something, isn't that making it alive? Yes and no. Okay. So let me, let me break it down. All right. So to make something alive requires a connection to a life source. It's like if you have a seed. It's just a seed until you place it in the soil and you add the water and you let it sit in the sunlight and time goes by and nurtures it and then it begins to grow into this living being, whether it be a tree that is producing fruit and things like that. And then the things that grow off of that tree, they cannot live or cannot remain alive unless it remains connected to the vine or to its original life source, okay? So when something is made alive, unlike revival, it's never been connected to a life source before. Whereas things that are revived were once living, separation occurred, and the opportunity to live again is given. Or the opportunity to be awakened or reawakened is given. Okay, so let's travel back to Genesis for just a moment because sometimes we have to understand the beginning in order to realize where we are or how we arrived at the present and understand how to make it to the end. All right, so I'm still talking about quickening, and just stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. All right, so Genesis two and seven, and the Bible says, um, as we lit rel- and it, it's um we're excuse me, as we're reading Genesis two and seven, we are reliving the creation of Adam, we are reliving the birth of mankind. We see something special happen here in the text, and I've never looked at it so closely until now, I thinking about quickening and and just trying to put all these things together, so the Bible says. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And so to form means to bring parts together and to combine something, to create. So that means the body of Adam or the body of man was first created. Okay? So a form was given to man, and then the Bible continues to say something else. So let's go back. Let's put the first sentence. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And, which is a conjunction, it's going to gather the next step. It says, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. So unlike animals, man was not called into life simply from the spoken word of God. Man was formed but not living until he received the breath of God. Okay? Now, we know this to be true because the next line in the text says what? It says, there's another conjunction, joining it together, helping us to see the whole process. So, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So, it wasn't until after, because became is past tense, it wasn't until after God breathed into nostrils of man the breath of life, that he became a living being, okay? So Adam, he was flesh and bone. He was dead. He was waiting until he was quickened by the word, okay? Why do I say quickened by the word? Because, again, quickened means to make alive. He was made alive by the word. And I say by the word because the Bible said in John 1, as we read, was that um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So man was quickened in the original creation. God, who is the Word, blew the Ruhab breath of life into the nostrils of man, quickening him and establishing him, not just in the physical body, but also his immortal soul. Oh, my God, this is so good to me. Um, let me, let me. Let me keep going. Let me help you get what, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Yeah, so that breath that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam caused Adam to become. It caused him to become a living being. So have you ever asked yourself, why us? Why did God not just say, speak to the dirt and say, I call man out of the dirt alive like he did the animals. Why did he say, why did he instead not say it, why did he form man and then blow into his nostrils? Why did God choose to give mankind his breath in order to become a living being? All right, so I'm going to answer that, but let's take a moment. So let's examine the breath for just a moment. Let's spend some time on the breath, all right? So God has chosen specific words and phrases to reveal himself to us throughout the Bible. We hear it when, you know, um, he tells Moses that when they say, you know, to say I am that I am. We hear um, all different kinds of um, references to who God is. You know, he's the God of Abraham. um, He's the God of Isaac and Jacob. So we know that there there are many names. For God, there are many ways, and many words, and many phrases that reveal to us throughout the Bible who God is. And so, when we think about the Ruach, which is which was um, shortened to Ruah, it's, it's the Hebrew word for breath, spirit, and wind. It appears in the Old Testament nearly 400 times. It is present in Genesis 1 and 2, where the Scripture tells us, "And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters." So if you haven't realized it yet, Ruha is the breath and or spirit of God. It is the natural force which represents the breath of life in human beings and the creative, infilling power of God and his spirit. It is the spirit. It's the giver of life which speaks directly to the believer each and every day. So at creation, we were quickened. See, the awesome thing about the breath is that it's synonymous not only with the spiritual death, but it's synonymous with the physical death as well. The connection between our physical breath, our spirit, and the spirit of God all revert back to the original quickening at the creation of mankind. You see, God, he exhaled into the nostril of man, releasing his spirit, and man inhaled. He exhaled accepted the gift of life that God gave him in that moment of creation. And in doing so, not only did man become a living being, but God linked our breath to his spirit. In that moment, man also received the eternal gift of life. So when we were created at the moment of creation, when mankind was established, he established us to live forever. Oh, but then something happened. Something happened. The serpent showed up on the scene, and then we know the story, mankind disobeyed. We know that a choice was made. We know that the choices that Adam and Eve would make would have devastating consequences that would affect all mankind. We know that sin would enter the world, and as a result, people would experience sickness and disease. Countries would endure famine. Children would begin to disrespect and disobey their parents. And the breath that once included eternal life in the Garden of Eden, naked, free of the cares of this world, would be reduced at some point to three scores and ten. But God, mm, but God, who but God, in his limitless grace and his endless mercy toward us, He would send a savior to the people, his only begotten Son. To step in and restore the option of the eternal breath that was gifted at creation through a new gift called salvation. So recall when I said God exhaled and Adam inhaled and just like that, man became a living being? Well, the same thing is true for you and I today. In the beginning, the word breathed into the nostrils of man and we became and he was made alive, and then sent into the world, and then he died. It was it was explained. He died. He died a spiritual death because remember the warning that if he if if mankind if Adam and Eve if they were to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God told them, "You will surely die. You will surely die." And that's what the word said, and that's what God said. And, of course, because God is God and he's not like man, he cannot lie. He told the truth, and and that's what happened. Man ate. Man began to die. Our bodies began to experience pain. They began to get old. They began to shrivel up. They began to fall apart. And so then these events um, that which you know the, these events that took place back in the Garden of Eden—they would leave us and um, lead us up to where we are today. Where are we today? We're living in perilous times. You can read about it in Second Timothy chapter three. I encourage you in your spare time to study that chapter in its entirety. I say that to say we're surrounded by generations of people that are walking around dead. And I don't mean dead in the literal sense or the physical sense that their body is in a casket or a grave. When I say they are dead, I mean they are dead spiritually. They cannot comprehend the things of the spirit because they are not connected to the life source. They have been disconnected from the ah, breath of God, the spiritual peace. They have disconnected from that. And so because they have disconnected from the life source rather than being able to enjoy the peace that comes with knowing God, they are engulfed in loving themselves. They are lacking in discipline and self-control. They are giving themselves over to the pleasure of this world rather than having a sincere affection for the true and the living God who is also the light of mankind. We're living in a time where we're not only dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and other diseases, but there are also wars being fought outside of our shores. There are storms that are happening in the land unlike any that we've seen. There are earthquakes occurring in places that they're not known to happen, right here in Georgia even. And our country, our country is in civil unrest. It plagues our land. Our young women they no longer aspire to be nurses and, and doctors. They aspire a career as a video vixen or Instagram model where they show their bodies half naked and collect a paycheck in exchange. We have parents who compromise the morals and the values of their children for an opportunity to be seen on the movie screen. So they condone them um, engaging in profanity or behaving in an illicit, in an illicit uh, manner. And so they excuse it, and they say it's okay because they're getting a paycheck. This is their job. This is their career. And then they give God the glory and the recognition for it, saying that God's all up in it. This is his will, and this is what he has chosen for us to do with our lives. Can't you see? Because I have the money to show for it. I have the financial blessings tied to it. This is a blessing from God. All the while not realizing that they've fallen victim to the idols of this world and they're now worshiping a God with a little g, not the big g. And because they are so consumed and they're cut off from the life source and they're living in darkness, they can't comprehend the things of the spirit. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus, thank you, God. There's some people living in uncertainty and fear while others are enjoying all that life has to offer, whether it's righteous or unrighteous living. No matter what side of the coin we stand on, we are all aware of the troubles that plague this land. We are all aware of the controversy and the chaos that is happening in this world. We are aware of the problems within our government. We are aware of the mothers murdering their children and committing suicide after this fact. We are aware of the millions of children being sex trafficked every day. We are aware of the black-on-black crime. We are aware of the systematic racism that plagues us. We are aware of the 100 plus thousand people who have lost their lives to COVID-19 pandemic. We are aware of the drug addicted mothers and fathers and sons and daughters that live in our community. We can't escape it. It's all around us. All we got to do is watch. Read the paper. Look at social media. Turn on our news and it's there. It's there. And most of the world goes unaffected. Most of the world does not spend time crying out in prayer to God. Most of the world is not humbling themselves. Most of the world is not repenting. Most of the world is not asking God to heal the land. The people are unaffected. Instead, they're posting meals from their restaurant, dishes, and selfies on social media because the world has become obsessed with itself, and the things within it, and they would have us to believe that God is not who he says that he is. The world would have us to believe that he is not the way, the truth, and the life. The world would have us to be led astray, embracing and engaging the things that are outside of the will of God as his will. The world has convinced so many that we don't need God. The world has said our joy is tied to our money, our wealth, our riches, our material things. But the Lord teaches us that we are only strong in him. He is our source. He is what we need. But the world teaches us that he's not our strength. We don't need him. The world says we don't need a savior. We can do it on our own. We can save ourselves through education and top-notch careers. The more money we make, the more power we have, the better off we will be. The world looks at your trials and your tribulations and the things that we suffer and go through for his name's sake as Christians and asks us, where is our God? And I submit to you tonight, church, that there comes a time when God will allow catastrophic events to happen in the land to prove that he is still God and that he alone is worthy to be glorified. And if you don't believe it, just go over to the book of Exodus and take a look at what Moses went through when he demanded that Pharaoh let God's people go. There will come a time in every generation that God has to reintroduce himself. Because the people's rebellion and disobedience will lead them to forget that he has all power in his hands. They have a tendency to fall into an unconscious state, unaware of who he is, unaware of the power that lies within him. And this is why it's so important to understand who God is and how important the breath, the breath is to your individual life, to your individual situation. Oh, my God. God will allow some things to come and turn this entire world topsy-turvy so that all the people of the earth that are called by his name will humble themselves and pray and repent at the same time. God will reintroduce himself in such a way as to have that Amidst chaos and confusion, people standing up and testifying that God is still able to heal the sick. That they will testify that God is still keeping his promises. They will share that God is still making ways out of no way. They will share that people can still cry out and he will be the same God that was there for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, when God reintroduces himself, he shows up. And he shows out in a way that the world can't even begin to understand. Which brings me back to the breath. The quickening of God. This month's scripture, Psalms 143 and 11, quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. You see, David understood the connection between his soul and the need for the word, for the breath, for the revival, for the making alive. See, in the preceding verse, David says, teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Ruha, the breath, the spirit of God. David understands that God is the breath of our souls. He understands that God is the life of our bones. And it's only his breath that can bring our souls out of trouble. I'm sure David wasn't the only one to come to this conclusion. And God makes a decision, which brings me back to my original point. It was the fallen man that would cause the world to enter into sin and corrupt the original plan, the original quickening of Adam to live for all eternity in the garden. And it will require one man, a second man, a second Adam, to restore our ability to inhale and live again. So God decides to send a revival. He decides to send a new quickening. But this time, a man named Jesus would say, With a loud voice nailed to a cross on Calvary in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, he would say, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And then the Bible says that having said this, he breathed his last breath. There it is again. The ruha breath of God. This time, it didn't go in. It didn't go in for us to come alive. It didn't go in to make us alive. It didn't go in to revive us. This time it went out. It went out to make us alive. This time it went out to revive us. The breath of life being exhaled for the quickening, the life, the revival of mankind once again, the exhale. You see, in the original quickening, it was God's exhale into the nostrils of Adam that made it possible for mankind to be made alive, to be, to become. But with Jesus' exhale, there was a slight change. There was a slight change, and y'all better catch this. There was a physical body. Again, remember, there was a physical body in the beginning, but this beginning was, this, this physical body was just there. It was dead and made alive. But this physical body this physical body had to shed blood, and then the flesh died. The, death, the flesh had to die, and the flesh died a gruesome death, which is synonymous with our need to die daily to the flesh that we live in. We have to die daily to the flesh that we live in, so that we can again and again and again receive the living, wooah, breath of God, so that we can again and again receive the Word into our lives, into our hearts, into our spirits, into our being. Jesus' death created an opportunity to repent and to be reconciled to the Savior. The exhale of Jesus served a dual purpose. Not only does it give us an opportunity to be made alive again in the spirit here on earth, But it also revived the original quickening, the plan that went along with the original quickening. It reestablished the original purpose of God's breath into Adam's nostrils. When God quickened Adam at creation, he did so with the intent that Adam and Eve would live all eternity with those that existed in the beginning. He never intended for the original man and woman to die. The plan was not for us to live in sin or to suffer or to have to experience these chaos and, and the, the confusion that we live. The original breath that made Adam alive was given so that Adam not, could not, would not die, but live, but live. And that's what God wants for us all. He wants us to live for all eternity with him. I'm almost through. It's so easy to allow life to distract us and miss the reality that all that God created, all that he created, everything that he created, he chose mankind from the moment of creation to receive his breath. He chose us from the moment of creation to be quickened to receive his life force, to receive his spirit with a desire for mankind to have a deep and intimate relationship with him. We saw it in Genesis 1 and 27. It says that we were created in his own image. God created us in his image. God gave us his life force. He chose us over the animals. Because he desired an intimate and deep relationship with you and with me. We allow life's trials and tribulations to serve as distractions that would lead us to falsely believing that God is not there. And those beliefs would cause us to disconnect ourselves. We disconnect ourselves from God in anger and fear and in disappointment in, in self-righteousness and in pride. And still, oh, still, he leaves the door open. He leaves the door open for us to reconnect with the Wuha, with our breath, with his Holy Spirit. He left an open door to the quickening to receive the revival through his son, Christ Jesus. And by accepting his exhale with our inhale, Mankind would be inspired to write scripture. Accepting the inhale would release words from the lips of prophets and preachers and teachers. Accepting the inhale of his breath would allow the woman with the issue of blood to cry out in faith, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. By accepting the inhale, it allows us to live to worship God. You see, if you believe in God and you live for his glory and you accept the inhale, your heart will be saturated and it will be filled with a genuine love and a desire for him. And then your desires change and the things that you want and the things you begin to live for are all circulated and centered around God. And because of this, your inhale becomes his exhale when you speak. About your situation. Because out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So if you believe that God is who he says he is, if you love God with all your heart, if he is still your first love, if he is who he says he is in your heart, in your mind, if that's what you believe, you'll begin to speak rivers of living waters. It'll begin to flow from your lips. And the darkness, those that are still lost in this world, those that are still in darkness, they can't comprehend it. When trials and tribulations come, the world teaches us that we've been defeated, teaches us to go cry, crawl under a rock, be depressed, play the victim, because the sun is not coming out tomorrow. But the devil is a liar because you have been made alive with the ruha breath of God, because you have been revised through the acceptance of Jesus Christ, because you are connected to his spirit, we can talk to our trials and tribulations differently. We have the exhale of God. Your exhale becomes the truth of God's word. In other words, you begin to speak the word to your situation. You say, "Weeping may endure for a night, but joy it really does come in the morning." You say, "This sickness is not unto death, because my God is a healer." You say, "God rescues me from trouble, because you know He's an on-time God." You exhale that God is my strength. You exhale that I am a chosen person, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You exhale that I'm a special possession because you begin to exhale the word, the breath that you walk in and live in and breathe in every single day. And darkness can't comprehend. Darkness cannot comprehend how we're able to trust them in the middle of the storm. And that's because they haven't accepted the quickening. That's because they haven't accepted the gift of salvation. That's because they have not accepted the inhale. So they can't exhale. They can't exhale in the word. They can't exhale the Bible, the verses of comfort. They can't exhale that inspired by God. As long as we possess the breath of life, our inhale and our exhale is a direct connection and a daily reminder that God is not only with us, but he is in us. In accepting the revival, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, we may die in the flesh, exhaling our last breath, earthly breath here. On earth, But because we accepted Jesus, we received the quickening. We shall be regifted the original quickening and made alive again for all eternity. The trumpets will sound, and we shall be among the dead in Christ who will rise from the grave. We will be quickened once again to live out all eternity with him. So won't you accept the Ruha breath? Won't you accept the Holy Spirit today? Won't you receive the quickening of the true and the living God? Whether you're a backslider or you've never known Him at all, today take advantage of the opportunity to be connected. Let us pray. Oh, Lord our God, you are worthy, God, of all the praise. And I thank you. For the word that you placed in my spirit today, God, I thank you for being who you are in the lives of your people because you are so faithful, God, so faithful even when we're not. You are the God who never fails to keep his promises, and we thank you that in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we see your love, your justice, your mercy, your provision, and most of all, God. Your victory, you are the God who lifts up those who are weighed down. You are the God who provides for his children. You are the God that is above all, above every name. And our desire, God, is to praise you for all the days of our lives. Inhabit our praises, Lord God, as we gather together in this Bible study. You are our rock. You are the firm foundation for everything, Lord God, that we build. We give gifts to your people for the good of the church, God. You equip and train your people to carry out the good works that you have prepared us for through the quickening, Lord God. You've prepared us in advance. So as we've met today, we ask that you provide wisdom. Continue to give us your wisdom. Continue to give us your guidance. Continue to direct us, God. Continue to remind us, Lord God, that you are our loving ally. You are our fortress. You are our shield. You are our strong tower of strength, and you are our rescuer. Everything we need, God, is found in you. You rule over all the nations. They all have to come subject to you. And so no matter what we see, no matter what we experience, God, let us remember that you are with us, and as we think of your unfailing, eternal, enduring love, God, we look forward to the day when we will worship you in eternity, and your throne will be surrounded by people, Lord God, from every tribe, from every nation, from every tongue, all testifying that you, God, have remained faithful And we will all see, Lord God, that you have kept every single promise that you made. We will all see your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And we will all be transformed by your glory. So we ask, Lord God, that we would glimpse that glorious future as we gather together in sweet surrender, asking that you would quicken us today by allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to continue or begin to be. The Lord and Savior of our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um well thank you guys for sticking in there with me. I know I was a little longer than we normally go, but I'm I was feeling it. The Lord, oh, it just brought tears in my eyes. But I'm gonna go ahead and pray us out. Um, so if all hearts and minds are clear, um let us pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word, your exhale, your inhale, our inhale of of your breath, Lord God. I pray for the words that were spoken tonight to be written on the hearts of everyone that will hear this message and that will echo in their minds for the rest of their days. Father, I ask that you would just continue to grow us in your word lord god continue to help us to foster a an intimate and deep relationship with you holy spirit i thank you for leading me into truth i pray lord god that you would please bring these words to the remembrance of your people when we stand in need of them so that we can walk in the way of your of your son jesus christ and we thank you jesus for dying for us Teach us to obey the word, Lord God, so that we can honor the sacrifice of your son and that we can walk in a way that people will want to find you, God. Father, teach us how, Lord God, you want us to apply your word in this life. Show us where you need us specifically, Lord God, that we may be um, disciples, Lord God, and share this gospel throughout the earth. Change us, Lord God. So that we look more like you. And if there's anything, Lord God, that's unlike you that lives within us, reveal it to us, Father, that we may repent quickly, Lord God, and stay in your presence and in your will for our lives. And I pray these blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You all are dismissed. We really hope that you enjoyed today's message and that it was truly a blessing to your soul. We would like to thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. God bless you and have a wonderful day.